0: Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Each week brings a new message that looks to invite you into a new life brought by Jesus Christ. We hope you were inspired and changed by God by the message brought by today's speaker. Despite everything you think you might want to plan, Jesus moves in and that's fine with me. Um, We're glad for visitors here today. Uh, We've been talking with Samantha and asking her to come visit us, and she has, and we thank you. It's great to have you here. Is Tucker here? (coughs) We'll forgive him this time. I'm teasing with you. Um, But God has a plan for each and every one of us, and some of that is planned, and some of that is spontaneous, but it's still his plan. So I'm not going to negate any of it. I'm not going to minimize any of it. And I'm going to celebrate all of it. Part of what we had planned, Valerie, if you would come forward. Um, Valerie went through the membership class with us. And um, we want to bring her up. She wants to join the membership. And yes, this time I have everything on the page. Unlike last week, it was definitely not a good day. It was my ADHD from, okay? Please stand up front here. Part of belonging to the body of Christ is you try to find a local church to belong to that loves you. It doesn't have to be a big church. It doesn't have to be a small church. It's a local congregation because we belong to the church. And we welcome you. Dearly beloved, the blessings and the privileges that we have community together in the church of Jesus Christ are sacred. They're precious. There is in it such hallowed fellowship Care counsel as cannot otherwise be known apart from the family of God this is the godly care of pastors with teaching of the word of inspiration and I lost my place of corporate worship and there is a cooperation and service accomplishment that which cannot be otherwise done today we affirm again the doctrine and practices of the church we believe in one God Father, Son, Holy Spirit We believe that human beings are born in sin. They need the work of forgiveness through Christ and the new birth by the Holy Spirit. Subsequent to this, there's a deeper work of heart cleansing that we call entire sanctification. There's people who call it different things. We just happen to call it entire sanctification. Through the infilling of the Holy Spirit and that to each of us, these works of grace of the Holy Spirit gives witness. We believe that our Lord will return. The dead in Christ will rise first. And then those uh, alive w- that are in Christ will also rise. And that all shall come to final judgment with its rewards and punishments. <clears throat> and so today we affirm again the agreed statement of the belief of the Church of the Nazarene. We want to now welcome Stephanie. Uh, St- did I do that again? <laughs> Stephanie, you're still a member. I, we're not un- unmembering you so you can remember up. Okay, I'm sorry. We want to welcome valerie valerie do you acknowledge jesus christ as your lord and savior and do you believe that he saves you now if so say i do by faith faith. desiring to unite with the church of the nazarene do you commit to love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul all your mind and all your strength and your neighbor as yourself by the covenant of the christian character and conduct which she signed that she got and she read so it's good do you commit also to the mission of God as expressed in the doctrine of fellowship, the work of the church? And will you support the teachings of the Church of the Nazarene and strive with God's help to grow in your understanding and practices in a way that enhances the witness of the church? A bunch of questions here. Will you endeavor in every way to glorify God by a humble walk, godly conversation, holy service, by devotedly giving of your resources, by faithfully participating in the means of grace, and will you follow Jesus all the days of your life, abstain from evil, seek earnestly to perfect heart, holiness, and the life of the fear of the Lord? If so, say, I will. Welcome to the Champion Church of the Nazarene, our newest member. We've had four this year. Thank you so much. You are now a member. Shake your hand when you're done today, okay? I want to share with you by way of the message a very difficult sermon. I'm not going to lie to you. Last week, we shared about grace. And we, defined, we shared that grace has been defined as God's redemption at Christ's expense or God's unmerited favor. And I tried to share with you that in my thoughts, that's what we get when we get grace. But we defined grace in two words, but God things have happened our lives have gone down various paths various ways of doing it but God tried to share with you also that the greatest grace chapter I believe is Matthew 1 in the lineage of David there is a prostitute there is a Gentile there is a murderer an adulterer and there are a whole lot more so folks whatever you think you have done grace can still cover it through God's blood Jesus blood and forgiveness I want to share with you today, also, let's just keep that one only up. We're going to go off the track. Can you do that for me, Kyle, and get ready to go the last one? I just think we're going to end up doing whatever we're going to end up doing. I want to share with you about a doctrine that we sometimes have taught, in my opinion, a bit wrong. Not that we have intended to do it, but we have maybe taught it not so much as much wrong, but just not completely sufficient. There are times when we say about this doctrine that um, you ought to do this, this, and this. And I'm going to be up front with you. I've heard it. I've even been guilty in my early years of ministry of preaching it. And I ask your forgiveness, even though it was not here, for that. And that doctrine, quite honestly, is the doctrine of forgiveness. I want to try to today biblically start, to biblically define biblical forgiveness. I couldn't put all of that in the title, so that's what you got anyway. Forgiveness is order to release anyway. So we go to the Greek and the Hebrew. It means to pardon, to not hold on to the offense, or to release the person of the offense. Yet, even in that study, we can get misguided in that. I've heard people say, well, you've got to forgive and forget. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And oftentimes when I hear that, I'm going to be really upfront with you. It's because the person saying it does not want to be guilty of it and wants to put you under guilt for what they did. And I want to be very cautious about that. Anytime I'm in front of more than one or two or three people, you can basically guarantee there's been some pretty tough stuff in at least somebody's life. Somebody, even in one or two or three other people, has gone down some trails and has had to deal with some things, and yet the grace of God can bring them back and redeem them and bring them too. Let me share you some considerations, please, of what forgiveness is not. And this is where I'm afraid that perhaps we have taught it a little bit wrong. Forgiveness does not mean I have to take the guilt of your sin against me. Did you get that? Forgiveness does not mean I have to take the guilt of what you did. Because it was to me, so therefore, I'm supposed to uh, forgive you and then they can go on. No, that's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is not denial. It is not saying, well, it didn't really happen that way. Yes, it did. I have worked in a penitentiary of a max ultra max where the average stay at we called the Holiday Hilton was 29 and one half years. There was a man there that in his 35 years or so there, he had been out of segregation maybe six months. Because of his life that he lived and the fights that he got into and things like that. It does not say it didn't happen. Third, forgiveness is not refusal. It does not mean that I accept, but it also does not refuse to pray that they come to Jesus. Because when someone does something, they need to be forgiven of that something as well. Forgiveness also is not prevention or reversal. I want to pause here. It does not prevent me from being hurt by whatever it is. It is not reversal of the impact in which the it has had on you or me. I was sitting in a group of people three weeks after my late wife passed, and a man across the room said well you just got to get over this grieving she's been sick three years on palm sunday in 2015 she coated in my arms and on easter sunday 2015 she died in my arms and i'm just supposed to get over it let me suggest something to you folks there's things that can happen to each of us that we never get over but we are able to process through them and there is a huge Difference. I would say also forgiveness is not always easy. I know a man whose father was not a leader. Far from it. He let things happen in the home that were just atrocious. And he would not stick up for this one son. Against whom all the anger and venting and evil of his wife. I.e. the, man's, the, the son's mother vented at him and yet he forgave him for not doing it it was not easy intellectually he forgave him when he died it took six to seven years to forgive him in the heart but it was a process it's not easy finally I would say this forgiveness among many other things these are the ones I'll cover but forgiveness does not always have an explanation you cannot always explain why certain things happen There is now a man in heaven. He was a pastor of of a community church when I lived in Lexington, Kentucky. He was older when he pastored. He had retired and come into the Nazarene church there in Lexington. But Bud and uh, Gwendolyn pastored a community church, and it was doing great things. Small, but doing great things. His daughter had children, and one of the kids wanted to go visit her friend's the friend she went to see the daughter bud's granddaughter went to visit the friend to play with the friend and the mom of the friend took them to mcdonald's except mom was driving under the influence run a stop sign got hit t-boned on the same side on the back door of where bud's granddaughter was sitting and killed instantly doesn't have an explanation. And dealing with uh, some people who have been abused and assaulted in some of the worst ways, and I'm just going to drop it at that. you can figure it out. It doesn't always have an explanation because sin does not always have an explanation. but forgiveness helps to transcend some of the sin, not to deny that it happened. Not to explain why the perpetrator was the perpetrator. But to help us get through, not over. And from that, more than conquerors, through him who loved us and called us according to his purpose. I think of Joseph in the Bible. He was sold by his brothers. He was traded off. His father thought he was dead because they put blood of an animal all over the coat. And for over 20 years, Joseph's dad thought he was dead. He went to work for somebody else as a slave and then was falsely accused by an accusation. And all accusations, folks, no matter how reliable the person may be, are not true. And he went to prison for many years and ended up becoming the vice president of Egypt, of the country. I don't know what that does to your theology, but go down a trap path with me. I wonder what the man said to his wife that accused him. When he went into her and said, oh, you know that guy that, yeah, well, he's now the vice pharaoh of the land. Don't that do something for you? What is forgiveness? Forgiveness is a decision. It is a decision of the mind and of the heart. And a lot of times the mind is first and then finally, as we proceed through, we can release them in our heart. Forgiveness is also discipleship. To be like Jesus. Because Jesus forgave and so should we. Forgiveness is obedience to a command. Jesus gives us many commands to be forgiving. From the Hebrew, kafar. From the uh, also, nasah, salah. To pardon, to lift up. And some of that is to pardon for things that you owe me for what I've loaned you or let you use. And you cannot pay it back. But there's also some very bad things that can be done. From the Greek, other words, Ephesus, among others, to dismiss the debt that's owed for not only things, but also because of what has been happened. Let's look for a text. Our text today, if you will turn in your Bibles or on your phones or whatever you want to use in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus. They are a strong church, but they are a troubled church, and they are struggling in their theology, and there's many things that has been going on, and cascading in against them, they have been gossiping about, they have been tempted, they have been tried, they have been persecuted, and yet Paul is writing to this church. And in Ephesians 4, chapter 4, verse 32, we hear this, be kind one to another, tender hearted, here we go, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake forgave you. God in Christ forgave you. Because of Jesus, because of grace, because of but God, through Jesus forgave you. The first thing I would say is this in a support text. John 16, 8. When he, the Spirit, comes, he will convict the world of sin. What am I saying? I am saying that there are some things that must precede forgiveness. Forgiveness must be preceded. And the first thing that I note that it's preceded is conviction. Not because of what I say to you that you are guilty, but because of what God the Holy Spirit does in us, with us, to us, through us, to say, I'm coming alongside of you, and remember when you, that was not only wrong, it was sin. I've got news for you, folks. Before you condemn someone else for their sin, all of us have sinned and fallen short of his glory. That's two steps. All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short for his glory. But he is not willing that any of us should perish, but that all should come to repentance. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him, not about him, in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Why? For God sent not a son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It is preceded by conviction. The Holy Spirit also precedes it by righteousness in judgment note the verse again he convicts the world of sin and righteousness right standing and judgment if we don't do it and we're going to get to some of that a little bit a judgment that occurs as one that the holy spirit is faithful to deal with and believe me he is faithful he will share with you he will share with me he will share with all where we have fallen short of his glory, as well as where we have sinned. If you look in the book of Revelation in the churches, one of them becomes lukewarm. And what happens? I will spew you out of my mouth. That word spew is what we get emesis from, emayu, And another one has lost their first love. Where are we at today who or what are we really really pushing for we have a visitor here who's a real estate agent and thank you Samantha for coming if you need a house she can help you believe me she's all over it her push is real estate but her push mainly is this j-e-s-u-s She's a mom, so the second is T-U-C-K-E-R. What's our focus today? What do we spend our time in? Have we spent time in, in devotions this morning? Have we spent time in prayer? I heard it said this week, we learn about God in the Bible. We hear from God, especially in prayer. One without the other is spiritual, nutritional deficit. Second thing it is preceded by is repentance. Acts 3.19 is your verse for that. Please write it down or look it up or whatever. Acts 3.19, repent. Turn back from your sins. That your sins may be blotted out. It must be repentance. What is repentance? It's a humbling of the heart. It is a humbling of the heart. Brokenness about the sin I committed. It doesn't mean that everything I do is sin. It doesn't mean the stumbling that I may make here and there is sin. But with the sin, the knowledgeable, the understood, that what I know is wrong and I still do it is sin. And there's a humbling of the heart. There's accepting the action is Sin. It is sin. It's against the blood of Jesus. It's against God's perfect plan for you. It's against God's plan for me. It is S-I-N. I've got news for you folks. The greatest pandemic is not COVID. The greatest pandemic was not Black Plague. The greatest pandemic was not the Spanish flu, as they call it. After World War I, the greatest pandemic happened in the Garden of Eden and has, helped and has hit every last person who's ever lived. S I N. And there's one vaccine. And it's through the blood of Jesus, and that's forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9. But if we confess, he is faithful to forgive, is that word again, us our sin, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It is preceded by excuse me, conviction. It is preceded by repentance and it is preceded by confession. Confess. I really did do it. I'm not finding an excuse that it's this person or that person's fault or if they hadn't have done this, then I wouldn't have done that. I did it. No excuses. No blaming. Yes, there were some other things that played into it, but I still did it. confess that that it was sin confess that we need the faithfulness of Jesus to cleanse us from the sin committed and confess we need the faithfulness of Jesus to cleanse us from the inability to forgive another person on our own we cannot do it on ourselves i've had some awful things said about me and i've had to forgive i've had some terrible things done to me and i've had to forgive that does not mean I go back to those situations or those people and keep submitting myself to the, back to the, in, to the uh, surrounding of them. But what it does do is I release them and me to Jesus. There is a freedom in me that happens when I can release them to God and let him be my advocate. Point one was preceded. Point two is this. Luke 7 Verse 47 and verse 50. You may remember the story well. Mary Magdalene is brought before him. She's been a prostitute. She's been a red light district person. We'll leave it at that. She has done a lot of things that should not have been done. And Jesus has Mary Magdalene brought and you got, Jesus, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to. And what does he say in verse 47? I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. She loved, For she loved much. Again, I don't know what you've done. You don't know what I've done. We don't know what everybody here has done. But what we do know is the blood of Jesus. Still cleanses, and he still offers forgiveness. Forgive even as God for Christ's sake forgave you, he offers it. We offer it, but there has to be some precedings. And then there has to be also the conviction first, followed by these precedings. And the woman, and he said to the woman, your faith has saved you, go in peace. What happened? Point one, He forgiveness is preceded. Point two, Forgiveness leads to transformation. Transformation. I've got to tell you, folks, across these, none of your business years of living, 65, I've um, seen a lot of people that professed one thing and did another. But I've also seen a lot of people that lived one thing and then confessed to Jesus and were Transformed confessed to Jesus and were transformed. I don't know where you're at, but I can tell you this. Forgiveness transforms. She was considered a sinful woman, and her her legendary reputation was very well known. She brought the alabaster of oil to the feet of Jesus. She had been transformed, and she poured it on him and soaked him with her tears. She showed great love for Jesus, seeking his presence and favor. She thought with many, she though with many tears was forgiven and had transformed life and legacy. And what is the first person and the first event after the resurrection of Jesus? It's Mary Magdalene at the tomb asking the gardener, where have you taken him? And what does he do? He says her name. And she recognizes him instantly. Transformed. By the renewing of your mind. A complete mindset because the mind of Christ is now available to us. Psalms 130 verses 3 through 4. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, who could stand it? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Forgiveness must lead, first of all, in transformation to a holy fear of God himself. It is fear of what could happen to us if we do not. If we do not get forgiveness, seek forgiveness, obtain forgiveness, but also extend forgiveness because we are the unforgiving person. We must forgive others if we are to be forgiven ourselves. Have you done something so great that took the... Cat-of-nine-tails and used it on Jesus himself to where they had to turn him around halfway through because there was nothing left as they kept hitting him and ripping his skin and his innards started coming out and his muscles were ripped. And they still denied him and they threw him down on the ground and nailed him to that cross and then dropped the cross into the ground and held it there so the dirt could go in so he would have to push up on the nails just to get the air. There are things that has happened to some of us that in some ways seems that bad and emotionally comes pretty darn close. Comes pretty close. Yet, extend it without going back to it because I don't want me to have an unforgiving spirit. Because the fear of God in me about me not forgiving has to precede and supersede The agony, the pain, even the anger, etc. Toward that person. It does not deny the pain. It does not excuse the depth of the pain. It does not say we must return to the person who did it. It does not seek that they repent or not go to hell, but but not requiring us to stay in the relationship with them. The conviction is up to God. The extension of our forgiveness is up to us through God the Holy Spirit by grace. Hebrews 12, 15, see that no one fails to obtain grace from God, that no root of bitterness spring up and causes to trouble of you. Forgiveness received must lead to a result of a cessation of the disdain or bitterness against them, not against the act. That one is hard. That one can be very hard. They were a family that um, Mama had sworn out a protection order and a restraining order against her husband. He beat them. He abused them. He did all kinds of things to them. And he and he violated that. So they the police department, the sheriff department, it took a lot of men to arrest him. They put him in jail. Because in that state, jail was up to one year, and after that, prison. He got out. They had to let him out at five o'clock in the evening on a certain Friday. And he walked across. They had it on a camera, 459-55. They had five seconds left to get him across that front door. He got home before the family did. He picked the lock. He shut the door. He locked it. He hid in the bedroom. And when the family came in, mama was used to keeping it locked, so she locked it behind her. Now they're trapped. He proceeded to tie them, beat them, assault them in the worst way, and then kill them and put them under the trailer. with the family of the man that did of the, of the family of the, of the mother and the daughters and it took a long time to get to the point where they could release him to forgiveness and release him to God one person did not could not do it ever until she was about to die and she said I wish I could have got here earlier Because it has deprived me of life itself. And thereby he still controlled me. Can you forgive yourself? Can you forgive someone else? Even when nobody else really wants to come alongside you, can you forgive somebody else? Bitterness leads to troubled life staying in bondage bitterness prevents us from having the dwelling of freedom of grace and the grace of a holy life but god despite what happened bitterness prevails when we dwell in the pain not have it there and deal with it but just choose to say forget it i'm just that's just where i'm going to stay First thing I said was forgiveness was preceded. Second thing I said was forgiveness has transformation. And the third thing I'm going to share with you, and I'll close, is this. Forgiveness is involved. It's involved. Jesus said, and Jesus said, Luke 23, verse 34. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgiveness involves the people in my life that have done the it's Of my life to me a lot of times we don't have trouble with the forgiveness if it's not very big in the whole reality of things but sometimes we hold on to and remember and when we think of Joe Blow more often than not we remember what they did rather than the fact that they are now without Jesus I'm gonna tell you folks this is a hard statement for me to say Because I have been there. The home I grew up in was supposedly a Christian one. Let me underscore that word, supposedly. It was not a good one. And it was tough. It was tough. And I was the focus of all the evil. And my brother and sisters were quiet so it didn't get vented against them because they found out very early on if they stuck up for me, it would be vented against them. So they shut up and told me I had to put up with it and deal with it so they wouldn't get it done as well. The yous of my life that have done the it's of my life cannot be who controls you Or you are not controlled by Jesus. Does that remove the fact that it happened? No. Remember I said forgiveness is not denial. Remember I also said forgiveness does not reverse what they did. But what I am suggesting to you is this. Forgiving the use of our life for the it's that they did releases me in my spirit and God to take vengeance on them remember when it of life happens from the use of our life that happen it is against God himself as well it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God even When we have to release the anger ourselves and get away from the stimulus and the people that bring us down, regardless of the cost. Forgiveness also involves me. Not just the use of my life, but the me. The me. Have you thought about that? Psalms 32.5 and all of Psalms 51. Psalms 32.5, I acknowledge my sin before you and I did not cover my iniquity. Psalms 51, you may remember the story well. David has brought Bathsheba to him and forced her to come to him. He politically forces her and forces himself on her and she becomes pregnant. He calls Uriah to come back so that Uriah would have the evening and the night with his wife. Only Uriah didn't do it. He could not, in his own self, do that while his men were fighting a war. Uriah was also one of the top 30 fighters for David, of all people, his innermost circle. And then he had Uriah killed. Everybody pulled back and let him be killed. So that he won't find out that while he was away, his wife was becoming impregnated because I did it. baby dies he takes on Bathsheba as his own but look in the scriptures you almost never see it said alone Bathsheba David's wife Bathsheba the wife of Uriah the Hittite and here's David my sin I have not hidden and in Psalms 51 my sin is ever before me my transgression, my sin, Psalm 51.3. In Psalms 51, two, wash me of my iniquity. In Psalms 51.3, I know my transgression is before me. In verses 4 through 5, O oh God, you desire in my inward being truth. I fear a lot of times we just kind of glaze over it and we don't want to deal with it. we say, God, well, I, I, I've asked for forgiveness, but I haven't really forgiven me and dealt with me of what led me to that. Forgiveness is involved. It involves yous of our lives. It involves me. Now, this next one may sound heretical, but it's not. Look, if you would, in Psalms 44, the entire psalm. <clears throat> and it is almost, as it were, not that God is wrong, but we sometimes need to come to the point of... Uh, Accepting that God allowed something, if he is all-powerful, why did he allow it? And we almost have to come to the point, not only in surrender to God, but also, as it were, forgiveness of God. Despite boasting of you, God, you did not come through or prevent it from happening. Despite trying to serve you, God, you have let us face disgrace. Despite seeking you, you remain silent. God, where in the world are you? Now go to the cross. Remember I said forgiveness is the cross? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I don't know where you're at today. This last week has been a tough one for me. I'll be honest with you. There's been accusations by people that I have known or people I've encountered. I guess is really a better way I don't know them. Karen is facing some things. We're trying to get moved. All that stuff. And you have been very, very, very gracious. So thank you. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you've been through. I know some of what some of you have been through. But you know what? It's really not all that needful that I know. Kyle, can you go to the last screen available? There's a song that I've sung a couple times here.
1: I'm going to sing it once, and I want you to sing it with me after that. Available, Lord, I'm available To do whatever you would have me do Available, Lord, I'm available To speak as you would speak, to be what you would be, and to do whatever you would have me do, even have, be, extend forgiveness
0: despite it.
1: Sing with me. Available, Lord, I'm available to do whatever you would have me do. Available, Lord, I'm available to speak as you would speak. To be what you would be and to do whatever you would have me do. I'm gonna ask you to stand where you're at. I'm gonna
0: ask you to bow your head, close your eyes. I'm gonna ask you to be really honest, really absolute, unheal hiding. Before God. He knows it anyway. You might as well. I might as well. We might as well. Just be honest. I'm going to ask you. Is there something. That someone. Even yourself. Did. That needs forgiven. Well you don't know. No I don't. Well they did. I know. But it impacted me. I get that. Can you release it? A large part of forgiveness is releasing it. A large part of forgiveness is releasing it. I've taken care of some really beaten up, bad, busted up people in my ERs as a nurse, a lot of them children that's tough and elderly that's tough what have you done that maybe you need to go seek forgiveness for are you available to be to do to speak Kind of release God from it, quit blaming him for it, and understand that it is Satan that did it? And while I cannot ever understand or, under, or get the idea of why, sometimes there's no explanation. Have you released God from being to blame for it? Can I challenge you? Release it. All now. I'm going to ask you if this is your prayer, as especially as it relates to forgiveness. Conviction, transformation, the involvement. This is your prayer. Lord, make me forgive. Make me forgiving Help me to forgive and even release you from allowing it. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If you want to come to the altar, it's always open in my church. Pastor, I'm just going to tell you, these altars are always open. And we're not doing away with them. But I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand.
1: And we're going to sing it again. Available. Lord, I'm available to do whatever you would have me do. Available, Lord, I'm available to speak as you would speak to be what you be and to do whatever you would have me do jesus you hear this song sung
0: hands up all over this auditorium this sanctuary as it were a standing altar call pray, Lord, that you would speak to each and every one of us here. Would you pride, a pro, um, pry, P-R-Y, into our hearts and bring conviction if there's an unforgiving spirit? Would you convict if we are holding enmity against a person, not against what was done, but if we have not released them to you despite maybe some awfully horrific, things. Some of us here, Lord, have faced some awfully horrific things. And you know it. I Pray, Lord, that you would help us to release those things to you. And I pray, Lord, that we would come to the point to where we may still question why even Jesus questioned you father but the good news is there was resurrection and power and life and sin broken and the bondage shattered and forgiveness provided he only appeared to those who believed in him after that but still there's forgiveness Lord, I thank you. I thank you.
1: I think you know the song. Come, Holy Spirit, I need thee. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come. And thy power. Come in thine own gentle way. Thank you, Lord.
0: Satan is mad and he's scared because of what's going on here. But Jesus, you're more powerful. You're all powerful. And we commit to be like you in Jesus name and all of God's people said Amen Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast we hope you were inspired by this week's message we'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30am we are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio you can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org.